you made us and we are yours. We are your people and the sheep of your pasture. Please be seated. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning to you who fill this beautiful worship space and to those of you who are online. What a beautiful day the Lord has made. The sun is shining, or was when I came in. It's a new day to work on getting things right. A new day to get things right with God and right with one another. I am so thankful to be here. I am also thankful that I had the opportunity to serve yesterday at the cathedral for the celebration of Absalom Jones. And what a celebration of a life well lived. I am still in my heart singing, lift every voice and sing. And I am so tempted to start singing, we are marching in the light of God but I don't want to see Dennis and the choir cringe. <laughs> but what about Jesus? What about the gospel? Jesus works tirelessly. In just the first chapter of Mark, it is written that John the Baptist announces Jesus, Jesus is baptized, God confirms Jesus as his son, and then Jesus goes into the wilderness to pray and fast in preparation for his ministry for 40 days. He is also tempted there. I have to be honest, I have never figured out why we move this particular reading about going into the wilderness to the first day of Lent, to the first Sunday in Lent rather than leading up to Lent to coincide with our preparation. But that's for another day. After the wilderness, Jesus goes to Galilee to begin his ministry, proclaiming the good news of God, that the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is near, to repent and believe the good news. He calls his disciples, he goes to Capernaum, enters the synagogue, and teaches with authority. He heals a man with an unclean spirit. And then, when you think he would be able to rest, he leaves the synagogue and goes to Simon's house to heal Simon's mother-in-law. Of course, once she is healed, she serves them. And something I'd like to point out is that Jesus took the woman by the hand. A rabbi would have never touched another woman unless it was his wife, his daughter, or another close relative. In that night, they bring all to Jesus to be healed. The whole city gathers around his door. The people must believe in him, maybe not yet as the Messiah, but they have come to know there is something about him. The way he teaches, the way he preaches, his knowledge of God and that he can heal. There is a feeling of hope 
and renewal for the world. He is changing the world one person at a time. And this night, tirelessly, through his pure love, he heals all who are brought to him. So what about Paul? In my first sermon, I said that the deacon is one who proclaims the gospel to the church. And while he is obligated to, as required by God, Paul tirelessly and joyfully proclaims the gospel of Jesus. He and the other disciples and other followers have been charged with the growing of the kingdom of God. When Paul interacts with other people, he tries to fit in, to identify with them so completely that he becomes one of them, rather than an outsider. He does this not to curry personal favor, but to leave the door open to winning them to Christ, showing genuine love for the people he spreads the good news of God to, creating and supporting community along the way. The God who has been so faithful to us expects us to be faithful in return. And Absalom Jones. Absalom Jones, described as a gentle, mild-mannered man, was born a slave in 1746 and freed only in 1784 when he was finally allowed to buy his freedom. Though a slave, he was educated. As an adult, he helped co-found the Free African Society after blacks were, without warning, segregated in the church he was attending, evangelizing for, and growing a large black membership for. He and most other blacks immediately left the church. Having already initiated religious services, the Free African Society in 1792 began to build the African church. It was dedicated in July of 1794. They applied for membership in the Episcopal Diocese of Pennsylvania with a few conditions, one of which that if qualified, Absalom Jones would be ordained as a minister. In October 1794, the congregation was admitted as the African Episcopal Church of St. Thomas, and Absalom Jones was ordained a deacon in 1795, a priest in September of 1802. He was said to be an earnest preacher, denouncing slavery and warning oppressors to clean their hands of slaves. He believed God was the Father who always acted on behalf of the oppressed and distressed. And working tirelessly with love for his God and his people, as did many of the members of his 500-plus congregation, Absalom Jones 
was an example of a persistent faith in God and the church as God's instrument of hope and renewal, faith and action, spreading the good news and the kingdom of God. I pray you take time to learn more about Absalom Jones and join in the celebration next year. Yesterday at the Absalom Jones celebration was Bishop Dietschy's last service for the Diocese of New York. I, and I know you are sad to see him leave. Yet he leaves us in good hands with a hope of renewal and love, as Bishop Matthew Hyde will be installed as the 17th Bishop of the Diocese of New York. A wonderful celebration you will never forget. Please come. So what about us? We, you and I, are the ones to spread the good news. We are the church. We grow the kingdom of God. We are not to sit idly in the pews. We are to go out, to go forth, and do the work that God has given us to do, to love and serve the Lord as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. We are called as the resurrection people to be in community with one another. We are commanded to love God and to love one another. If we love God, we love God's creation, every bit of God's creation. Love is an action, feeding and clothing and housing and being present with and fighting for. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among others, to love, to believe in the dream of God. Jesus does not give up, and neither should we. How well do we love? After all, Bishop Curry says, if it isn't about love, it isn't about God. And oh, I so agree. I hope if you haven't seen Bishop Curry's movie, A Case for Love, you will have the opportunity to watch it. Bishop Curry is always talking about love and that once all hatred ends and we love one another, all will be taken care of and we will find peace, God's peace. The question was asked in the movie, what is love? And most stammered, trying to answer the question, what is love? Have you thought about it? The love in action? The movie presented 12 different vignettes where people were offering love, selflessly taking care of others. And people were also asked after reading Corinthians 13, what part of love is the most important? 
Only one person said, all, and I think she was right. And we so need to love. Hatred runs rampant. The world needs love more than ever. And Bishop Curry left us with a challenge, a 30-day challenge to practice love. Be kind to all you meet. See them as Christ. Over the years, I've learned that most Episcopalians are not comfortable with evangelizing. I was asked in my final interview with the Diocesan Standing Committee about why I was not afraid to evangelize. I thought a minute, and I said, if you've got something good, why wouldn't you want to share it? After all, we tell others about a great movie we just saw. Why wouldn't we ask them to join us for church? Don't ask them just once when you do. Rosemary, a lady I met on the Staten Island Ferry, asked me every Monday night for four months to go to church with her. I finally went, and 36 years later, here I am. I invited a coworker and a friend to come with me, but she hesitated and would say no. Finally, I asked her to go with me to an Easter vigil. She responded saying, let's have dinner first and then I'll decide. She went. She went almost every Sunday until COVID. She became a lector, an usher, joined ECW, and even served on the vestry. It works. Invite and give it time. Ash Wednesday is just 10 days away. Will you give up something? Chocolate? Alcohol? Sleeping in? Or will you add something? A daily office? And I'm going to go into advertisement mode for a moment. I invite you to join EDNY for morning prayer on Zoom weekdays at 8 a.m. The link is on the diocesan website. Join our evening prayer at Ascension via Zoom, Monday through Friday at 5.30. The information is in the bulletin. Or, or end, join New York Deacons in Prayer for Compline on Facebook at 8.30 weeknights. Add a daily reading. Get involved with creation care, climate change, Make changes in your lifestyle to decrease your carbon footprint. And if you can, increase your giving to the church, even if only through Lent. Discern your call. We all have a call. We all have a talent. Don't hide your talents. Find a way to use them. Knitting, setting up for the food pantry, leading a daily office, a book study, a coat collection, visiting the sick or the elderly, get involved helping the migrants, the homeless, a veterans group, take a Kohi class, a lay Eucharistic minister class, serve at the altar.
There is so much you can do at Ascension. Ascension actively participates in outreach. You only have to peruse the bulletin to see what you can join in or speak with a clergy member to see what you can possibly initiate. And remember, outreach by community is fellowship with one another and with those we reach out to. Who knows, your love and kindness may bring others to the kingdom of God. L.R. Nost writes, do not be dismayed by the brokenness of this world. All things break and all things can be mended. Not with time, as they say, but with intention. So go, love intentionally, extravagantly, unconditionally. The broken world waits in darkness for the light that is you. What will you do? What will you do this Lenten season? Whatever you do, do it in love.